visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw. This is Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today. Up ahead this hour, we take you over to hashtag Taiwan highlights and in the spotlight. But as always, we start off with a brand new edition of Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan to all of our faithful Facebook viewers. Today is Wednesday, March 17th. Or if you're joining us on air, it is now Thursday, March 18th. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me in the studio today, we've got Natalie Tso. Hello. And Leslie Liao. Hello, Mr. John. Okay, up next, we're going to be telling you about what the lengths people are going to uh, to get a free lunch. <laughs> it's uh, rather extreme. Uh, then we'll be telling you about a mountain cleanup pioneer who is cleaning up our mountains. And we'll be talking about the travel bubble that is being set up between Taiwan and Palau. It's the first of its kind in the Asia Pacific. All that coming up next. Please stick around. What would you do for a free lunch? For a fair number, more than a dozen people in Taiwan, uh, the answer is change their legal name. Oh, John, it's, <laughs> it's so much more than a dozen people is at it? this Are point. Are you serious? It's, I uh, can't believe it. Oh, it's a little bit. It's substantially over a, a dozen. dozen. It's about 20. Wow. Yeah, so that's close to Nearly two. two dozen. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like um, I need to preface this with, with a little bit of context okay. because this is a three-prong story, okay? Three-prong story. Okay, let's start with prong one. Here comes prong number one. So prong number one is um, earlier this week, a Japanese restaurant, which is a conveyor belt sushi restaurant. Okay, sushi go round. Yeah, so you sit down and the sushi comes around in like conveyor belts. You pick the ones you want. And then you can pick whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And um, apparently, I don't know if this is a real day, but uh, they said... Between March 17th and March 18th, which is, oh, the, today's the first day, as long as your name has homonyms of the words for salmon in Chinese. Gui. Gui. Or yeah, either one. Gui. It's got to have... Either one or both of them. It's got to have both of them. Gui. Both of the characters. Yeah, yeah. It needs to sound like... It doesn't have to be written with those exact characters, but ah. the, the, the tones and pronunciation Gui. must be identical. Yeah. So you can choose any characters you can like. choose any characters you like. As long as, as they sound like... Yeah, yep. right. So it's got to sound like salmon. It doesn't have to be spelled like salmon. just got to sound like it. Mm -hmm. And uh, they could get a free meal. Okay. Yeah, they just got to show their government-issued ID. And, you know, you, some, you might be thinking some people are lucky enough to have... Uh, the name that sounds like salmon. Is that, that lucky sounds, or that not? Sounds like you'd be teased endlessly in school. <laughs> but here's the thing, guys. Hey, salmon. Taiwanese hey, salmon. people make their own luck. They don't. They don't dwell in possibility. They make their own luck because so far the Interior Ministry, um, they received 19 applications for people to change their name to some variation to contain the words. That sounds like salmon. Salmon. That's um, crazy. It's absolutely nuts. And it's going so far as to... Uh, that, that was the, This is the second prong, by the way. Okay, so we're on prong two Yeah, now. people are changing their names. And um, you just... You, you know, people are just having fun with it. Like some one guy changed his name to Guo, which is his family name. Gui Yu Dong Fun. So oh, that is... That's uh, a, that's a type salmon, of, salmon over salmon rice. rice. Yeah, so his name is uh, Salmon Rice Guo. And his last name means pot. Yeah. Like a cooking pot. Uh, oh, man. Next one is uh, <laughs> Lai Gui Yu Du. 
So he's Salmon Belly. <laughs> salmon Belly. Salmon yeah. Belly. But his uh, his family name is Lai. Are they literally changing the name to the salmon, or are they choosing oh. characters with pleasant no, associations no, no. Going, that sound like salmon? Going all the way. They're going all the way, so my friend. they're just renaming themselves Salmon. Yeah, they're, they're variations of Salmon. Okay. And then you have Zhou Guiyu, which is, I guess it could Salmon sound, Porridge? Salmon Porridge. Um, yeah, so these are the three people who have been given, uh, who've you know, given the rights to the news to really publicize their name. And now here's prong number three. The Interior Ministry had to step in and be like, "Hey, uh, you know, under Taiwanese law, you can only change your name three times, right?" That's true. So we're saying if someone used up the third name change to you're change their name to it. Salmon, there, you're, yo, you're Salmon for life, man. <laughs> you are Salmon for life. Mm. So uh, the Interior Ministry had to come out with actually a social media post saying, hey, you know, uh, salmon's delicious and everything, but just make sure that you do not do anything that you can't reverse. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's ridiculous because they, people are changing their name to salmon just for a female. And um, after, maybe, I they guess, feel, maybe they feel an affinity for salmon. Maybe after 15 people, I guess after like 19 people, the Interior Ministry is like, okay, we kind of got to nip this in the <laughs> yeah, bud. Yeah, this is a... Disturbing trend. Yeah, they're they're spawning issues here right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is interesting in that I don't know. A restaurant chain has come out with a promotion that is prompting people to change their name with with legal repercussions. Food is involved in Taiwan. People are willing to go quite far. Yeah, because part of the re- part of the, what you need to really cash in on this promotion is a government issued ID. Right. So, and unless you engage in forgery, I don't think forgery is worth engaging in for salmon. I wouldn't put it past. If yeah. they're willing to change your name, there's no end to the lengths you'll go to for yeah. a free meal. But why do you think people are doing this? I mean, novelty, because man. Just for fun, and then they're going to yeah. change it back right after the promotion's I don't done. Know. Yeah, Possibly. I guess. You, I mean, <laughs> that's using up two maybe. name changes out of the three, right? Yeah, but I guess if a free meal's involved, I mean, it could be there could be worse names. I mean, we talked about the guy who changed his name to a twenty-five character name. Yeah, last week that right? was crazy too. And he didn't even change. Absolutely crazy. It wasn't even a name. It was a sentence. It was a full-blown sentence. With a nonsensical sentence containing subject, the names of several gods, verbs, <laughs> predicates. Well, I didn't know it was so easy to change a name. Uh, yeah. You just go to an office so, and do huh? it. Have you ever had to change your name, John? Me, no. John, you actually have a very interesting Chinese name because you, I do. But what that's is just it again? The sound of it. Can you tell us it again? Wan Yuehan. Wan Yuehan. It's oh. like, but it's like John ten thousand is what if you you translate into right ten thousand Johns. Yeah. So <laughs> I could. I could, live forever. <laughs> live ten thousand years for John. I can technically call you Mister Ten Thousand, and I wouldn't be wrong. It, it wouldn't even be a nickname. I'd be like, yeah. He's I wish Mr. that that 10, translated 000. into as much money as it sounds like. Uh, um, yeah, um, I've considered changing my first Chinese name because Yuhan, which is the, the generic translation of John, is so, so, I don't know, lifeless. But I, I think that the the all of the document changes involved make that a bit of a pain. What would you change your name to? Have you thought I've about it? I've never really no, but I just thought something else might be nice. How about Salmon? Uh, no, John, I think John Salmon. This reminds me of the superintendent of schools when I was in high school was her last name was Salmon. Oh, she should come to Taiwan. She'd have a great but time. But I just but like that's just her last name. Though. That's, just oh, last that's name. also so, English, that so she might get an extra something else. So I didn't know. So if you're wondering, that is an actual surname. Maybe uh, not a very common one. In yeah. English. Let's so. see. Oh, uh, one of our listeners, Xu Yusun, says the salmon name change is so ridiculous. The name change fees should be more expensive than eating sushi. But at that point, seriously, I, don't think I mean, it's you... not even that expensive. 
Is this like a cheap sushi place? One of those cheap ones? If the ones or that go around in expensive? circles are not are never terribly expensive. I yeah, mean, the one I went to is not too expensive. Is the, it Sushi Express? It doesn't. It doesn't say. They're just. Um, I mean, it's not worth it. It's only a few hundred anti dollars. They do for a meal there. Yeah, they, they 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 do run from like low end to high end, right? There even, are some high end ones that are quite expensive. The high end ones aren't that expensive. You have to be eating the kind where you've got a true master standing in a bar, like you have to order the know. whale. <laughs> yeah, I know, like with a with a knife, you know, <laughs> hacking at the fish like an expert to 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 make it worth that. And kind then of uh, here we have Ivan Dai saying, "I propose Taiwanese government should start a campaign of people with names of." Fong Lee characters or homophones are going to have free pineapples, <laughs> pineapples for life. Pine- you're bringing yourself pineapple. That's pineapple. a lot of pineapples, man. Pineapples for life? Free pineapples. pineapples. Life. Would you do that? Are you a pineapple fan, uh, John? I'm, I'm pineapple neutral. Pineapple neutral? They're okay. Are you not pineapple friendly? Uh, friendly <laughs> enough, but not every day. Yeah, so uh, this is just another day in the insanity of Taiwan. It's uh, changing yes. your name to Sam to get a free meal. There you go. Probably one of the last places that you would think of when you think of piles of garbage is the pristine mountains. But apparently they're not quite all that pristine as we imagined. As I'm talking about the ones here in Taiwan, right? That's right. They're supposed and to be nice and clean. Yeah, I know. You think they have no time to put trash? You know, they don't care much with them anyway, right? Well, there are not many people go there anyway, <laughs> these remote mountains. <laughs> so um, there is a mountaineer, a very famous one, who's trying to bring attention to this problem. Her name is Zhan Chaoyu. And this is her picture a really cool picture of her. She's actually the second woman oh, to climb. Natalie, it's not showing up. Okay. The picture's not showing up. Oh, oh is it my Technical angle? Technical issues. No, it's uh, it's just, it's, it's not loaded. Oh, never mind. Oh. Okay, so. Imagine. That's weird. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> I know, I'll put the link to, um, oh, here. Is that oh. better? Yeah, there you go. Imagine, if you will, a mountaineer. <laughs> a mountaineer. Okay. So, this mountaineer is the second woman from Taiwan to um, hike Mount Everest. So she's really good. Now that's a mountain that I know is full of garbage because that's they really have this, yeah because of yeah. like over tourism. It's oh. like too many people climbing. Really, it, so I would think it's so everywhere. difficult yeah, you, to climb. You can't be bothered to bring your your garbage back oh, down. Oh yeah, right? they say that like human waste and everything is disgusting. Oh yeah. Oh no. There's no sewage up so, there. Oh, that's awful. So. I thought that would disintegrate into nature. It's frozen. <laughs> oh, anyway. Okay. Anyway, so she's also a star of, you know, a recent documentary about Taiwan's mountains called Island of Mountains. Believe it or not, this is Taiwan. That's Have you guys name. heard of that? No. <laughs> I haven't heard of it either. Anyway, she has uh, climbed many of Taiwan's mountains and she discovered that there's actually a lot of trash up there. So she's trying to crowdfund for a 10-day trip where she's going to bring about... 14 people with her and they hope to gather like 50 to 70 kilograms of trash to take back down with them so this is her uh her goal that's what she wants to do what do you guys think well you think of beaches being the places that have cleanups here in taiwan beach cleanups are a popular and easy to organize volunteer activity because we've got so many miles of coastline yes mountains like who People don't, like, go up there. You have to climb up there, right? And then you have to take the trash all the way down the mountain. I mean, I didn't know that there were that many climbers, much less irresponsible climbers. Oh, yeah. Like, you you can see plastic bottles at every elevation. Oh, yeah. Are you a mountaineer? I'm not a mountaineer, but I do do take notice of 
trash in places where it shouldn't be. Okay. Like I'll be in somewhere really remote and then I'll see like a juice box and I'll be like, whoa. How did that get here? Yeah. What's the story behind that? Yeah. It was just like, okay, someone's really irresponsible, but I I can't help but realize, like think that, okay, I might've been here. I'm like maybe the second person here in history. And then I was like, how did this get up here? Never know. So yeah, I guess people think that no one will notice or they don't want to take the trash back down with them. But that's I mean, not what, a good what way. What kinds of, of trash are we talking though? Like, I mean, well, she actually has pictures here. There's like cans. I think a lot of um, so like hiking supplies, mostly things you bring up for well, provisions, food, like food, food waste, containers. Yeah, containers and you know uh, drinks and things like that. Oh, that's drink containers. That. That's better than the ocean words like nets and things oh yeah plastic there's, bags there's a whole continent of garbage out yeah. there in the, uh, in the pacific aren't there right uh let's see what we got on the comment section uh nasir aziz says changing names is considered as a crazy act however the people travel to other places for earning often change their names to be legal i mean i guess like really? john john in, in america That's you would true. never be john Ten Thousand, right no that would that sounds like I'd like a very weird stage name. <laughs> I, 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 Johnny Ten Thousand. It would be very becoming of you. <laughs> so um, like, and in the ring or on the left side in the blue. <laughs> Johnny Twenty Thousand. Oh you pick no! That name? You get to choose your own Chinese name, right? Well, because it just sounds like my name. So, Van Triest. One. Oh, Van and one. Oh, that's true. So. Yeah. That makes sense. Jen Dolari asks, are you allowed to be pineapple neutral this year? And I said, no, it's a no. matter of patriotism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have. I still have to go buy pineapple. I've been meaning to do it. It's on my to-do list. I will say I've been eating substantially more pineapple this year than any of the other year on record. Substantially more, whether it be fresh, canned. Well, because I used to live near one of those fruit specialty shops that just only sells fruit. But now it's kind of, there's not one near me. So it's just not been like a convenient The grocery thing. store has fruit too. Sure, sure. I just haven't gotten around to noticing. People the... don't like to cut pineapple. Is that part of the problem? No, just like it was a place where they would just do it for you, and you take a whole pineapple home. And I used to do that quite a lot because it was like right <laughs> next door. But it was it was this before or after work? I just see you with a bag of cut up pineapple. And oh, like, on, like or on the weekend when I was just like around. There's a market there. <laughs> That's that sounds like, convenient. Really convenient. So now there's nothing like that. So how do you like to eat your pineapple? Just like as pineapple, like pineapple? It's in nature intended. Fresh, freshly mm-hmm. cut. Freshly cut. Smoothies are great too. Smoothies are real good. They're very tasty. Andrew made an upside down cake yesterday. With pineapple? And uh, it, that turned my world upside down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a really good pineapple. Um, Nazira Z says, in Pakistan, five peaks are, there are more than five peaks that are 8,000 meters above sea level. Wow. Mountaineers come to Pakistan a few days back. Pakistan lost a fa- famous mountaineer with other two climbing k2 in winter k2 is oh. the second highest mountain in the world that, after everest is that right that's a is that kilimanjaro no no k, no k2 it's okay just, it's, it's just it's just called k2 number two. Oh, i don't know that yeah wow uh yeah let us know what kind of what, what kind of mountains you got going on yeah. back whether at home they have trash problems yeah well I'm, john you need to move over a little bit you're out of almost out of the picture i'm just uh, the the voice the Incorporeal narrator. He's the voice. Yes. <laughs> we can see four fifths of you. Four fifths of me is enough. <laughs> All right. Well, I think the news that has gotten a lot of people in Taiwan quite excited, there's been a lot of talk about it in the media here, is about Taiwan's first COVID 19 travel bubble. This is specifically a travel bubble with our Pacific ally, or one of our Pacific allies, the beautiful island nation of Palau. 
That's right. So it was just uh, formally uh, announced today, and it begins on April 1st. So that means that people can travel between the two countries with um, out quarantine. And But there are quite a few rules. So in order to qualify to travel to Palau, you cannot have traveled anywhere in the past six months um, or have done uh, home isolation in the past two months or have any coronavirus for the past three months. <laughs> That's kind of obvious. And you also have to have a negative test, COVID test. And is this only for Taiwanese citizens? That or do you have, I, if you are a resident ah, in Taiwan? Good question. You're thinking of taking a trip, John? Well, I, well, the other thing that this puts me off of this is that you have to spend 80,000 dollars and go with hear, a tour. And that's expensive. just ridiculously expensive. Right. So the thing that so, I think is but, not so fun is you have to stay with your tour group at all times. I don't want to do that. <laughs> no personal excursions. I, I forge my own path through life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I've been with a tour group before. It's not bad, but it's never like I saw it was two people and I paid for it to Cambodia and it was like 50,000 NT, which is considerably less than that. And it was one more day. This is a four day trip we're talking about. That's, right. that's two months salary for a lot of people. That's 80,000. 80, I think Palau is, has been, is more expensive though than Cambodia. I'm sure it is, but that's right. still like more than I'm willing to spend for like, you know, I would stay at a budget place or like, you know, spend less. You said 50,000 for go Cambodia? For yeah, for two people though. Okay, because, oh, that's oh. Really See what I'm saying? Cheap. Okay, yeah, that saying? is really cheap. And it was five days, not four. Yeah, because I did the, a story on uh, how the travel bubble might affect pr- prices and they were saying four days, three nights to Palau before the pandemic was about forty thousand per person. Right. Yeah, and wow, you, this is double then. Yeah, yeah. They apparently they they only said sixty six percent at first. Only and with all the high end travelers, like, they're they're weeding out the the riff raff. Yeah. <laughs> they uh they they, they they want the uh the first class flyers. Yes. The executive club. But it doesn't sound like fun. I mean, everything you do um, is designated. I guess we're not doing a good job promoting this. Certain hotels, certain places, and certain restaurants. So they're highly yeah. regulating, you know, well, the interaction between local people and the travelers. And that's kind of the fun of traveling, though. I <laughs> know. Interacting with local I feel people. Like there's no like... freedom in this package. And... and... What about the jellyfish? Because Palau is famous for stingless jellyfish. I keep going on about this in this program. You do. You you uh, you I really want to, want to go to the stingless jellyfish. You have to see if that's on the itinerary, you can right? Swim with them. Yeah. Whether whether they're afraid of giving the jellyfish coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, did you hear the San Diego Zoo vaccinated uh, primates? That's what I heard. Yeah. Not, and I think other zoos too, right? Other like, zoos too. I feel like shouldn't people, the elderly people, have gotten those shots anyway? I don't know. Uh yeah, but apparently uh, what I read was that um the milk sea in the the Palau so that it's like a portion of the ocean that's white yeah. because of sulfur sediment um I guess because of volcanic activity around the area. I don't think they have volcanoes there, but it's anyway. just some kind of like they, they call it Yonahu, which means milky pretty, sea right? or yeah. milky lake, and um they said that's going to be part of the itinerary. I mean, eighty thousand. You, be, I, you better I, I, have some but seriously, interesting sites. There. Yeah, we have a milky season yeah. off Taiwan's coast. Too. Yeah, eighty thousand. I want to shake hands with the Palauan president. You know, yeah. that's about yeah, autograph. I want He's an autograph. coming here, so I, yeah, that's part of the news too. He's coming here at the end of the month. It's I on my bucket list, but I'm going to wait till it's considerably less expensive. Uh, right on, on Palau. So. Yeah, and to be whether I can be sure I can even go because I have, like I said, I have a U.S. passport, so that might be no, no. <laughs> 
from what I heard, all you have to do is just not not have gone to a high risk country within the past six months. Well, I haven't been out of the country more than a year. So, uh, John, all you have to say is you're Mister Ten Thousand, and they'll let yeah. you go anywhere you I'm want. Johnny Ten. Johnny, I'm John- <laughs> Johnny. I need a middle like name. Johnny the something. John <laughs> to Ten Thousand. I, I was just gonna be like. It Yo. sounds like a prohibition era, like. A- <laughs> Yo, why, why don't you just change your, the first part of your, the last part of your Chinese name to Volts? 10,000 Volts? 10,000 Volts. There's your Chinese name. <laughs> You'll get free electricity for life, man. Hey, if they would do that, I probably would do it. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, Debashis Gopay says, highest mountain in, is in India. I guess that's uh, Mount Everest, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed. Nepal and China. Nepal, I guess. He says it's in India. He says, but he does also add pineapple is pineapple. Um, That's an astute observation. Yes. Pineapple is pineapple. <laughs> Nasir Aziz, in Famous Channel, I watched a video of five-story garbage in India. Five stories of garbage in India. Oh, wow. wow. You mean like, a, like in a dump? Like in a just, pile, I just guess? around? Just hanging out? Debashish uh, Kopei says, I take COVID-19 vaccine. Well, good on you, sir. Congratulations. Yeah. I don't know when we're going to get ours. Uh, probably probably many, the many second moons. half of the year. It's going to be a while. Yeah, if we're lucky. Uh, Nasir Aziz says, countries around Taiwan have poor eat, uh, earning rates apart from Korea, Japan, and Taiwan. And Jen Dolari says, Johnny Q 10,000. Johnny Q. Johnny Q. What does like the Q that. stand for? Uh, uh, do, what do you what want it to stand for, for? Jen? I don't Q, know. what does it stand for? Jo- John Quincy 10,000. <laughs> Quincy? <laughs> I don't know. I can stop, start talking like a gangster see back in uh back in the day in see? chicago you'd have been you'd have been named after uh john quincy adams the president no no <laughs> no not that one yeah my actual name is an anglicized version of jean paul so i'm very oh yeah huh oh. Uh, wait have you, you you said your family originates from belgium right or thereabouts have you ever been there a long time ago a long time ago when I was like in middle school you... so is it your grandparents who were from there oh, further back than further that. back do you uh do you, how many places have you been to have you ever documented have I documented like, like how many places pictures? you've been to like no just like how do you keep track <laughs> like of like how many places you've been to like because I, I feel like yeah I feel like your your list is subs- pretty comprehensive not really I've never been to most places I've never been to I've never been to Palau Ah, there you go. There so you go. That's on my bucket list, but just when it gets cheaper. Coming up with the travel bubble. Ah. What? Did you have a brilliant idea you'd like to share with us? Jen Dolari says the Q stands for quality. Yeah. Ooh. Quality. John Quality 10,000. Like a <laughs> seal of approval. Yeah. Quality control. The John Quality This one stamp. I think may be a bit defective, but anyway. Yeah. You're coming out of the picture, John. Less and less just, of you. I'm just shy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Could be the camera. Could be the camera. I'll scooch over. Yeah. Can scooch you see over. me now? More. A little more. A little more. Like the wrong direction. Yeah, a little yeah, more. Yeah, you gotta go this way. Towards I'm not, this is why I'm on radio. The camera's shy, right? I can't figure this thing out. You can't figure this out. All right. Well, we've also got another story for you before we go. Yeah. Uh, you're just gonna throw game. me into it? Yeah. yeah. So this is gonna be the video game to t- uh, about devotion. Now this is a. Taiwanese game developer called the Red Candle Games, and they've made uh, very poignant uh, horror games. Uh, one is Detention, and one is Devotion. And they're very into things that begin with the letter D. They, they are, they are D E. Mm-hmm. And they end with T I O N. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and Detention. Next, they'll have an economic-based game called Deflation. Deflation. <laughs> well, you know, you're you're not on the right. You're not. You're pretty much on the right track here because they focus on games in uh, when Taiwan was under martial law. And like I said, this is a they're they're kind of horror 
horror-based games, and they're... Uh, one of their games, Detention, actually became a town, like a full-length feature movie. Yeah, that was that that's was, amazing. I think it won some major awards. It too. did it win did. some major awards, and Fred. I've n- not had the courage to see it yet because I've heard it's terribly frightening. I'm a big I'm a big weenie when yeah, it comes to these yeah. things, so we're we're on the same page here. Um, and then they had a second game called Devotion that came out, and it came out to very good initial praise. Uh, however. Uh, Chinese netizens kind of dug around in the source files of the game and they found out there was some very uh, anti-Chinese imagery and they had that game boycotted from the platform it was selling on which was Steam. Now two years after the game was taken off of Steam to appease Chinese netizens um, another Polish company called CD Projekt Red put it on their platform saying hey we're committed to uh, games and stuff like that and then like it didn't even make it three weeks and then it got taken off and the Red Candle Games is now like well if the Americans and the Polish aren't going to help us out we got to do our own thing. And now the game uh, Devotion and Detention are both available on the Red Candle eShop, as it were. Okay, well, if you're a gamer and wanted to see some Taiwanese content, this is the game for you. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, sorry. That, it's called Devotion, is that right? Yes. All right. Well, that does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. Thanks to everyone who joined us on Facebook Live. I'm John Van Trieste. I'm Leslie Leo. And I'm Natalie So. Or should I say Johnny Q 10,000? There you go. <laughs> see you. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. This week on Taiwan Insider, we were talking about things that made Taiwanese people quirky. And this week's episode of Hashtag Taiwan, I found a story that is pretty quirky. Before we begin, I have a question for you. Do you have a long name or a short name? Uh, How do you even measure how long your name is or how short it is? Who's to say? In Taiwan, people's names are typically made up of three Chinese characters. Well, in this week's Hashtag Taiwan, we're going to be talking about a taxi driver from southern Taiwan who changed his name to a 25-character name. And it's not just a name, it's a full-blown sentence. Uh, This really turned some heads online, and this certainly cocked my eyebrow. So this week's Hashtag Taiwan, we're going to be talking about the longest name in Taiwan. Without further ado, here we go. We've talked about people's names on Hashtag Taiwan before, but I've got another one for you this week. And boy, is it a doozy. Now, you might be asking, what's the doozy? Is it the name or is it the story behind the name? Well, you're just going to have to judge for yourself. Let me give you a little background information. People's names in Taiwan are typically made up of three Chinese characters. Take mine, for example, Liao Chang Lei. Liao is my family name. Chang is my generational name. Every male in my family who is in the same generation as I am has Tang as the second character of their name. Finally, Lei is just my me name. Sometimes, a person's name will be only two characters, and that's considered relatively normal. Heck, four character names also pop up here and there. Anything past four characters, and it's likely you're indigenous, like Gulasi Yotaka or cabinet spokesperson Kolas Yotaka, who's a mis. But the person I want to introduce to you today is not indigenous. Meet 47-year-old Huang Xinxiang. Oh wait, I'm sorry, that's actually his old name. He actually now goes by... At 25 characters, that is officially the longest name in all of Taiwan. And by officially, I mean it is legal and legit. The name means Huang Dalan is the blessed dear sweetheart of the god of joy, god of fortune, god of misfortune, and all other gods. Now that 
ain't no name. That is a full-blown sentence with nouns, verbs, adjectives, the whole kit and caboodle. Huang said that he changed his name because he believes invoking the various gods will bring him good luck. But he also said he included the god of misfortune because life can't be all high points and you have to be ready to ride out the low points too. Huang said though that he'll just be going by the first three characters of his name, Huang Dalan, in public or on social media. Buddy boy, you try and put all 25 characters of your name into Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg himself is going to show up and ask, Is this some kind of a joke? Huang's name is so long that when household registration staff issued him a new ID, they had to write his name in by hand because their system just couldn't handle that many characters. Can you imagine what it's like when this man goes to a coffee shop and the barista has to call out his name when his order is ready? What about when he goes to the hospital and it's his turn to see the doctor? I have enough trouble remembering names as it is. I hope I never meet this guy. I would tap out. And that was our hashtag Taiwan for the week. What you think about that story about the longest name in Taiwan? 25 characters. I don't think I would be able to pull off a 25 character name. I don't think I'd be able to write it out correctly on any of my documents. Anyway, what do you think of that story? Do let me know. Get in contact with me. Go into Facebook and hit us up at Radio Taiwan International or Taiwan Insider and send us a message or leave a comment. I am the one that uh, checks out those messages, so whatever you send us there will get to me. If you're not much a Facebook user, you can also find us at YouTube at RTI English. Leave a comment and check out our many news feature videos or our other Taiwan Insider clips. They're all really great fun and we spend a lot of time producing them. And as always, leave a comment because I'll be there to respond to it. Anyway, guys, that's all the time we have for this week. Until next week, stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you again soon. See you around. Stash is here to tell us about an unforgettable taxi ride. Yep, tell us about I am. it. Yeah, so I took a very special taxi ride, uh, just me and my girlfriend yesterday, uh, with a man called Tu Qingliang, uh, who's probably better known as Taipei's karaoke taxi man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, take a look at the video. Arriving half an hour early with five minutes notice, Tu Qingliang is waiting for us outside. We exchange formalities and get straight down to business. He asks what song we want to sing. We've come prepared. This is, after all, Taipei's famous KTV taxi. It's not my best performance, but Tu is unfazed. He's seen it all. He says he's been driving his taxi for 27 years and he's had the karaoke set up for the last six. What gave him the idea? He says it's because he loves to sing in every language. Tu tells me his English is terrible before breaking into a spontaneous rendition of Ed Sheeran. This taxi driver clearly isn't going to let his customers have all the fun. 
But the fun and the fame goes both ways with Tool. He claims to have launched the careers of more than a few pop stars and hosted a number of celebrities, including Taiwanese heartthrob Edward Chen. And Tool himself has featured in print and TV media from across the world. It's time for another song. We go for a classic. Mr. I'll make a man out of you. Surely this kind of business attracts some strange characters, I say. But Tool says he can afford to be picky. Most customers come to him. To ride in his taxi, he says, you need to be good-looking and ready to sing. I tell him I'm flattered. We've arrived at our destination, but we can't resist one final song. It's an emotional number, and we're sad to be leaving. Somehow, though, I feel like this won't be the last I see of Tu Qingliang. That is so funny. That's so much fun to watch. I mean, how was it for you sitting in the taxi and actually singing? Did it Was it weird? Was it just kind of like one of those things that you do because, I mean, it's so unusual? Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, it was interesting. Um, it didn't feel that different from being in the usual kind of KTV, though. Uh, it just kind of felt like you just took it in your stride, I think. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. Brian Ong heads the APEC Engineering at Stripe. It's a payment processing unicorn. Brian is a former uh, National Taiwan University graduate student from the electrical engineering department. Now, NTU is like the top university in Taiwan. Then he spent five years getting his master's and PhD in the U.S., but he was there for a total of 14 years. He had a chance to work for the AI team at Facebook, and now he's in Singapore working for the fast-growing fintech company Stripe. From the sound of all that, you know that Brian was an A student through and through. Out of all the places that he can be in the world and be successful at no matter what he does, we're going to find out today why Brian chose to settle in Singapore. So after the States, you moved to Singapore. How come you didn't think about coming back to Taiwan and why Singapore? Yeah, so at that time, so, so it was around at the year of 2018, I started to think about, okay, someday I want to be in Asia because I think Asia's um, all the development is relatively faster, in my opinion, like versus Europe or US, right? That's one. Second is that I want to be closer to home because my parents are still in Taiwan. So that is why I started to do this international search, sort of job search, uh, trying to see where I can land my next job after Facebook. So, and then this company approached me. Oh, by the way, at that time, I found most of the opportunities are actually in elsewhere um, other than Taiwan. So either in Singapore oh. or China or Japan. Like, oh. I mean, all the major, you know, uh, tech companies, mm. uh, especially Singapore is an environment. I think there are a lot of 
tax benefits provided by the government, Singapore government. Oh, so see. a lot of tech companies, US or Europe, they want to set up the entities uh, in Singapore as an APEC headquarters. Sort of, and then talent-wise, it's also a bit more international because a lot of people want to, you know, work in Singapore oh. or live in Singapore. Uh, where compared to Singapore, Taiwan is not so much. So I didn't get much options when I was doing this search. Oh, and, I see. Yeah, so in the end, I landed up in Singapore. Wait, how many years were you at Facebook? So eight years. Eight years. That's pretty long. You, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Okay. Um, so um, you gain a lot from working at Facebook for eight years. Okay. I can understand why you chose to be in Singapore rather than in Taiwan, because mm-hmm. of you know uh, you've got colleagues from all over the world in Singapore, yeah, yes. whereas yes. in Taiwan probably you won't see much of that kind of sort of like a United Nation in the company kind of thing. So, yes. but but Taiwan is known for its technology, though. Yeah, what yeah, do you think that, Taiwan needs to do to improve its work environment to attract more talents here? Yeah, I, I think Taiwan was very successful in the semiconductor industry, like oh. TSMC, you know, uh, these companies. They are super successful. Actually, in fact, TSMC was one of the top 10 companies in terms of valuation. Mm-hmm. right now right mm-hmm. in the world right so but, but in terms of the booming technology in terms of say uh computer engineering or fintech i think taiwan is not yet uh having that um, that's a shame yeah i think i know of a friend who's i think he's he was also in some i guess in fintech at least finance anyway and he was, um, you know, he has a family, but he was like mostly working in before, before, not now, um, in China or in, in Hong Kong. I mean, he was a hardly home in Taiwan, you know, and now he's back yeah. in Taiwan, though. He needs to spend more time uh, at home, you know, at home with his family. But now I understand why that is so, why he was traveling so much, even though he's in finance. But anyway, mm-hmm. OK, so yeah. I guess Taiwan needs to do better to, you know, globalize itself in the fintech industry. What do you think Taiwan needs to do then to do that? Yeah. Recruit I, international I'm, talent? What do you think yeah, Taiwan I needs do to see do? Many, many possibilities. First, first oh. of all, I think Taiwanese talents are, it's really great. Like Taiwan, like job, you know, in terms of talent. Talents, uh, yeah. Super great. Uh-huh. Um, but? but the environment, uh, it's not that great for those people. So you see a lot of uh, students or you know work uh, working professionals, if they got opportunity to go outside of Taiwan, they will probably do so, right? So it's mm. basically a flow out of Taiwan type of scenario. Although I know things are changing because the government is doing a lot of act, uh, things actions to try to improve these, and also yes. with the COVID situation, Taiwan is doing really well. So right. uh, I, I did see a lot of people like flowing back to Taiwan. Mm. But the world, the trend is still like the, the better job opportunities is outside of Taiwan. Oh. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think I'm really nobody to, to, uh, to say anything. Suggest, no. Yeah, say anything. But why won't you just one give point, one point I, that Taiwan can do better? Yeah, I, I do see, for example, Singapore government, they have a, a oh. specific department called EDB, so Economic Development Board. So okay. they, they did a lot of things to attract. Um, Foreign uh, oh, companies, I and, see. Uh, yeah, and also invest in the local ones, okay. and then trying to yeah. So, so I think that could be one potential thing to do research. I'm not saying that Singapore example can be like completely without modification applied to Taiwan, but mm-hmm. maybe that's something uh, worth 
research. Okay, uh, that what, makes what sense. Work, what... That makes sense. And and I think though, I think Taiwan is on its way. Yeah, I yeah. think it's it's I, working I on it. So. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. You know, so your colleagues in Singapore, where are they from? Are there like there are there some from India? From mm -hmm. where? What, what are your where are your colleagues from? Where are they from? Mostly. Yeah, uh, I would say actually half of them. So Stripe, Stripe is a, a company with uh, I think over three thousand people now. Oh wow! And then in in APAC we have few hundred, and I think maybe half around half of them uh, have have international experiences. Uh -huh. uh, some of them, many of them, are actually people like me who work in Silicon Valley, and then uh, maybe you know long term want to live in Asia. Or they want to experience Asia for a few years, so they come over here. And then we have people from India, we have people from Southeast Asia or Australia. So it's a very mix. It's like mm. kind of, as you say, United Nations kind of setup. It's mm. very similar to when I was in Silicon Valley uh, at Facebook. It was yeah. very similar. That kind of mix. I see. Yeah. So uh, here, I wouldn't feel it's a local company. It's basically an international company. Um, and very U.S. you know focused or U.S. culture influenced. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. So, do you plan to eventually come home to Taiwan and start a company here? Uh, yeah, there's a, that's a one option that I'm actively looking into. Okay. In the longer term. Yeah, yeah, in the short term, I, I'm probably not yet. Uh, right. Longer term, yes. Now you've been it's, in Singapore uh, for uh, a year and a half, not almost two years now, right? right? Yeah, almost two years. Okay, now, yes. so so give it some time, and then eventually you are going to come back to Taiwan and start your own company here and help Taiwan's economy, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, one, it is your plan. one thing I'm thinking. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, what are the things that you miss about Taiwan? I mean, you've been away uh, from Taiwan so long. I mean, yes, you have yeah. been visiting Taiwan. Like you know, you were telling me while you were in the states, you were you were coming back to Taiwan like maybe twice to three times a year. So you are in touch with Taiwan. It's not like you left Taiwan for fourteen years and you don't don't know how much has changed. But um, what what are some of the things that you do miss about Taiwan when you come back? I mean, what are the things that you you definitely want to eat or <laughs> or you definitely want to visit? <laughs> Or you definitely want to do, you know, when you when you come back to Taiwan. What are things you yeah. miss? Yeah, so, so there's one very interesting feeling I have uh, whenever whenever I went back to Taiwan is that you know uh, when I was in states I wanted to go back to Taiwan so bad because as as what we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't have much activities outside work or school. Right, mm -hmm. and after you know uh, for the first few days I landed in Taiwan. I feel everything seems not very familiar, and then many things seems foreign to me for the first few days. Oh, and then after a while, I get back to it, and I I started to remember. Oh, this is Taiwan. <laughs> so that's very interesting feeling, you know. So what yeah, like, what kind of things are you talking about? Can you be specific? Yeah, like for example, Taiwanese people are very polite, right? Versus uh -huh. say, you know, people in the United States usually are more direct more outgoing but Taiwanese people tend to be more shy uh -huh. but very polite initially uh -huh. the traffic you know mm. it's crazy still uh, <laughs> still <laughs> yeah yeah the, the uh, traffic hasn't changed <laughs> yeah hasn't okay. changed <laughs> okay. what what yeah. else what so else do you small miss things about? yeah like what uh, I 
And also say the payment, you know, uh, payment scheme, people still use cash, although it's changing, right? But if yes. you go to a lot of other places, they use credit card or mobile payments, wallets, mobile wallets. Even, yeah. even in Singapore? Yes, in Singapore, yes. Uh, really? A lot of people use, there, there's a thing called pay now. Yes. Uh, it's a government-backed uh, payment oh. scheme. So they basically transfer money. Yes. That, and then people use QR code to, to do the payments. Right. Even at, uh, the whole care center is some, something similar to our nine markets in Taiwan. Yes. So, yeah. I know. Like in China, yeah. they make all the, you know, the hawkers and vendors, you know, use, like not use cash. Yeah. Use cashless yeah. ways of transaction. I know yes. it's it's slow in Taiwan, even for me. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. a culprit. I do have some ways of, you know, using my cashless transactions on my mobile, but I hesitate yeah. to use them because <laughs> yeah. I'm not used to it. So yeah. I don't want to carry cash with me too, but mm. I couldn't help it. And and yeah. I know that's, that's, you know, that's something I need to change because especially after COVID, you know, you don't know how right. much germs yeah. there is on the cash and the coins, <laughs> yeah. right? So right, right, right. I know. Um, I I don't know. Just have to just do it, right, to get used to it. Yes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah so, so that's something. Things missed. in Taiwan, yeah. it seems like the the change is slower. Slower. The rest of the world. Yeah. I agree. I know. Why do you think that is? I think first of all, Taiwan is already functioning. You know, it, the life in Taiwan is great. Right, mm. you know, uh, things are functioning well. So and very when convenient. people are in, yeah, right. When people are in these like sort of already very convenient world, they yeah. they don't have that uh, strong motivation to change. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's where it. in develop other developing world, maybe uh -huh. that's the only way they can do payments. For example, they cannot go to bank very easily, right? Mm. Or many people are still we call it unbanked, which means they don't have bank account. They don't know how to get. ATMs. Oh. There's no ATMs to get cash. Oh. Right? So they, they they need to rely on these mobile phones oh, to I do see. pretty much everything. I think that's right. part of the reason. Oh, very interesting. That I think you've got a point there. You've got a point there. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, hey, you haven't touched on food. What Taiwanese food you miss? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know uh, Singapore's you know, got great food too. I know, you know. Any Taiwanese food that you really miss? Uh, I, Not really. <laughs> well, it's, it's like Tainan, you know. Oh. Uh, What's it called? Snacks. Yeah, yes. It's really impressive. Tainan anyway. is great for its local specialties. There's too many. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If you compare those to, say, Michelin, you know, three-star restaurants, mm. it wouldn't be too off either, I, I feel. Right? <laughs> in, terms of, <laughs> in terms of the specialty, um, yeah. special taste. Right. Uh, yeah. And of course, all the night markets in Taipei, because I grew up in Taipei. So yeah. I went to those places a lot uh, mm. 14 years ago, right? So still miss those. Well, and another thing is, mm. if they didn't change much either, I think they're pretty <laughs> much as the same as when I was, was yes, out there. Yes, that Taiwan. is true. Yeah. Name a particular dish that you really like uh, in Taiwan. I think I still like. Uh, I don't know what's, uh, what's that chicken, in English, the deep fried chicken, chicken cutlets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. Still, okay. still like that. Although I know it's very unhealthy. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Mm -hmm. I know, yeah. I know. But yeah, you know, something about Taiwanese people, Taiwanese people really, really like deep fried food. Do you realize that? That yeah. is so, yes. that is so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, it's funny because there are all these stands that sell, right? These um, deep fried chicken nuggets. Right, some yeah. 什么盐酥鸡, 咸酥鸡, 咸酥鸡, mm -hmm. they're everywhere. 
All right. Well, thank you so much. It was so good to talk to you, Brian. Great talking to yeah. you. Yeah. My and, pleasure. And maybe the next time I want to interview you, I'll be interviewing you in person because you've already been back <laughs> yeah. in Taiwan and started a company here. All right. Yeah, thank All you. Right, thank you. Thank Looking you. forward to that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. All right. Thank you very much, Brian. And good luck with everything in Singapore. Yeah, good luck. Okay. See you too. All, All right. right. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. Thank you.